Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, South Kakalaka! Don't you dare be sour! Clap for your world-famous two-time champs and feel the power! It's a new day, yes it is! For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the Beta Rank College Football Statistical Model. And this is a Sharp College Football podcast, sharpcollegefootball.com. Thank you for joining us. This is Brian Conger. There is a Pac-12 freaking team in the national championship of the world in college football, and we are so excited to break down Washington's win over Texas and talk about what they have coming up against Michigan. Uh, Rob, how are you? What, what, you know, it, this is a new, this is a new feeling, you know, it's like, it's like, what is this? I don't, I don't know what this after years, years of the wilderness, right. Of like just begging a PAC 12 team to like put it together and make it to the playoff after like Washington's last, last playoff visit 2016 was like the last, that's a long time ago in college football time. Um, and no one in the Pac-12 getting it together, um, finally getting a team in. Um, and not only do they get in, they win their semifinal, and now they get a chance to play for the title. And what is, I mean, truly, and, and I, you know, I, I feel like uh, you know, maybe my best college football take this year was like that we would not have juggernauts like 2021 or 2022 Georgia, and that it would be a very wide open year for the title. Like washington's absolutely could win this game like this is not they are not tcu from last year like they're not a huge underdog this is a this is a game that they could win absolutely i i I kind of felt like it was the pac-12 like getting puberty they're like oh what are these feelings what is this and then immediately walking in front of a train right like that's basically the 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 last year of the pac-12's existence is um you know having the having these changes happen to their body and then and then immediately not existing I mean, I mean, let's just, let's just talk about the game, and then we, maybe we can go into some of the transfer th- for things. I, I I had such a great time watching both playoff games. I mean, I really want to focus the majority of the time on Washington's win over Texas. A couple big picture things stood out to me. The first was, like, I I really hadn't watched a lot of Texas football. You know, normally we watch mostly Pac-12 games, and then we'll kind of watch the big games as they go. Let, t- tell me what you think about this. The the play calling. In terms of maybe it was just window dressing, but I thought in terms of creativity, we've watched basically every every Washington football game that wasn't on Peacock this year, or at least I have. Um, and Kalen DeBoer's, um, him and his offensive staff, there have been multiple times in multiple big moments where they have called a play that just goes, that's why you pay that guy. That was an awesome yep. play. That was yep. that guy was wide the f open, or you 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 switched motion, you got somebody coming the other way, and it totally confused the defense in a way where other coaches do that, and and but they don't do it in the way Kalen DeBoer does. I know Steve Sarkeesian is a great play caller. I understand that. 
I thought watching both of them go to work at the same time, there was one coach coaching staff that I thought was significantly more interesting and creative, just in, at least in terms of movement and shifts and stuff than the other. And, and and it's funny because the score is the same. So it's not like Sarkeesian wasn't calling good plays. It just, yeah. I just saw a visible difference in that game where I just thought like, wow, like this is the, the top of the top in terms of offensive play calling. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. I mean, Texas has a good defense. Like now their defensive backs are, are good. They're not great. Like, and they're not as good as Michigan's, which is going to make this game fun um, that we're coming into. Um, but I thought they had just a superb offense, a superb offensive game plan. I thought the play calling was excellent. Um, and everyone executed it perfectly. <laughs> right. I mean, like now those are all like all of those things coming together is hard to do, but they did it. I mean, and, and, um, you know, there were some really, really, I mean, like on some of those like deep passes that they were hitting, you know, they were called at the right times. They got, you know, single coverage, um, you know, from Texas in there. And they were, you know, they were able to connect. I mean, Penix was lights out. Yeah. I mean, that was the other part of this. I mean, like some of this works, you you look great because Penix was just on uh, with his ball placement. Um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I would also say with Sark, like, I mean, like, and I would like, there's a couple games he's had this year, like the Alabama game. He had a, he had a really, really good game plan. I thought he had a good game plan here. Um, and I think, I but I think, like, I think right now, I don't think he, like, I don't, I, I think if you flip quarterbacks, Texas wins easily, right? Like, I, th- yeah. I think yours yeah. was like, yours is hesitant <laughs> and, and he was bad. Yeah. He has multiple throws. I like, know. Poorly. And Washington's like Washington's defense is better than middle of the power five, but this still isn't a great defense. Um, and they should have been able to put more up, but I also think that Sark, um, even though he doesn't fully trust yours, I think, I think he's, he Sark in this current, uh, like incarnation of Texas does like to stay away from having tendencies and does like to be a bit more balanced. Um, and they, they, they ran the ball real well. Yeah. They ran the yeah, ball real well against Washington. Um, and if it weren't for like, I mean, and, and truth, truthfully, I mean, Texas has a chance to win this on the last play. Um, but Texas doesn't fumble twice, you know, like if they only fumble once, they probably win the game. Um, you know, like that, like wash, like look, and I say, this is like, this is no knock on Washington. Every team that wins the national title has a combination of like skill and luck, (laughs) like to get through a season like this requires skill and luck. Everybody's got a bit of a luck, you know, like finishing plus one on turnovers is not the same thing as like Arizona planet finishing plus five on turnovers. <laughs> yeah. Like with one shooting 17 feet into yeah, the air I mean, on like, the five yard line. Yeah. Right. But getting, I mean, fumbles in particular are luck driven, right? Like knocking the ball out. Like people, like it blows my mind when people are like, Oh, that was a real good play. He knew, he knew how to do that. Right. And it's just like, Oh, his helmet landed right on the ball. Even though his head's down and you're like, man, I don't think so. You know, that is, pure luck um and then like where the ball bounces and who lands on it is pretty random though i i mean i do like i mean you now who comes out of the pile <laughs> with the ball <laughs> maybe a little <laughs> less random little <laughs> that may just be who's meanest but I, I like i think with this this team like i i do think that washington came in with 
the superior quarterback and the superior game plan. Like they said, now that said, like, again, like I would come back to like, if you took, like what if you took for Sark and put that running game and combine that with a quarterback that wasn't indecisive and had better ball placement, like Texas probably wins going away, but they have Quinn Ewers and like, you don't get to trade quarterbacks in college football. Um, and so like, like they, like they Washington was able to come away with the win. Um, and it should, I mean, like that, that on its own, I mean, like they, the fact that they were able to go in and I thought they did have such a good game plan and everybody really knew exactly where they needed to be and exactly what to execute. Like this is the Washington that like when we were talking about, like when they were just in the doldrums and that back half of the season and they're like just unable, like they're playing way too close with some bad football teams. Um it's like, where, where did Washington go? Right. And then they show back up again in the PAC 12 title game. Um, you know, with this kind of ex- like with this kind of focus and this kind of execution, um, and they show up again here, like you know, that does give you you know some pot like the sort of like you are who you are. It will eventually catch up, like you know, like you can't live on a knife's edge. Like it will eventually catch up with you, right? Like maybe, like now maybe it won't, but the uh, it should give you some confidence. I think that Washington can pull it off. You know, coming into this one. Yeah, I mean, I, on the offensive side. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, I live in the wash. I mean, live in the state of Washington, and there's a lot of Seahawks fans. And I take the next generation stats with a lot of many grains of salt. And there's one th- there's one thing that they were doing where they were saying that uh, Trent Lockett and uh, uh, and the the guy that's playing Russell Wilson are the they have a perfect they have a perfect record in terms of throwing and catching. And then I quickly look up like has Russell Wilson missed a pass to Trent Lockett and he missed many of them. So I have no idea what that stat is. Like, it seems like they pulled it out yeah. of like a hat. Um, but, but I think the point they were making is often they connected and often they were really good. And I thought that Michael Penix had one of the best performances I have ever seen yeah. of a college football quarterback. Like the throws that he made were so incredibly accurate and, and he missed a few. Right. Um, but some of those were throwaways. A couple were dropped. Like I can't remember a pass that he threw poorly that entire game with that defensive line right down his throat. I I was trying to think like when was who's the last quarterback that I had so much joy watching play the game of football, and it's Andrew Luck. Like watching Andrew Luck move in and out of the pocket and just slip slip across these defensive ends, defensive tackles, and then just gun it down to a tight end. Is the closest that I've ever seen. He, I mean, two Penix that two so- a year, and I mean in Burrow, right? Like that two a year in twenty, the COVID year, like that. Yeah. That Sark offense was unbelievable, and and oh, uh, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. Burrow offense was just. I mean, because that that that, that twenty nineteen LSU offensive line won the the Moore Award for like best offensive line, and they weren't that good. Like it was purely <laughs> that like Burrow made the reads quickly and got the ball out right, so like they looked really good. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I meant a Pac-12. Oh like, yeah, just, in the Pac-12, uh, Pac-12 like, geez, like the last time I like, yeah, I think Luck might be the guy that like was the last time that somebody, I think, really understood the offense that he was in and what was being asked of him as well. And like, I mean, because like Penix knows exactly where he needs to go with the ball, right? Like that's like in some ways he is he's not having to think when he's doing his reads because he just knows it, right? Um, yeah. and that kind of decision, and then like man the ability just he 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 hit some windows he hit some passing windows on this one that was just fantastic i'm wondering 
Um, I, I guess the, the last impression that I had was how bad Quentin, uh, Quinn Hewers was. Like he was, he was bad. Yeah. And if I knew that that was what was showing up, I think I would have bet even more. I mean, I I had a future on Texas, and so I hedged and and took the the Huskies straight up, and that worked out. But I probably would have hedged even more if I knew that was the Quinn Hewers that was going to show up in that game. Like, just it was night and day compared comparatively in terms of what what uh, what Texas was able to do, not only with with Hewers, but I thought the wide receivers they had a couple guys that really showed up. But like Whitting Whittington, I was like kind of like, all right, fine. Yeah. I mean, just him compared to, and you're right, like, because Penix hit some windows for sure, but also having all three wide receivers healthy yeah. and, and really solid. I mean, holy smokes, this offense is, is so fun, minus the running game. I mean, right. right. Because they could not do any, was it 21 for 49, 21 attempts, 49 yards for Dylan Johnson? Uh, he had the two touchdowns, but like, they they couldn't do anything on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in tech, I mean, I think for yours, like this was, and I, I said this, I think in previewing Texas coming into this year, like Texas, because it has Sark as a play caller, because of the talent, because it has Kwiatkowski as the defensive play caller has a really high potential ceiling. Right. Um, but yours is the cap on that ceiling. Like if he doesn't progress from what he was the year before, like they're not going to progress. And he only progressed a little, I feel like off of what we saw the year before. And he was really bad in this game. Um, and I, and I say that is like, in particular versus the like, and I, this is again, like, let's, let's be honest about what Washington's defense is against a Washington defense that you can get yards and you can get big plays against, right? Like they have been susceptible to giving up big plays this year. Um, they have, you know, they, that you can carve them up a little bit in the passing game too. They, they're good. They're not great. And, and yours should have had better numbers and he just, didn't and I and I don't want to say this is like I mean look wa- you know Washington did find a way to get some pressure on him um, at times in this game and that was a really good sign for them but I do think that like one of the problems was was just like and and truly too I mean like Worthy was like the only guy you felt like you had to cover for Texas right um, and that's th- I mean that that makes I mean that's a difficult assignment I think you know if you're yours but I'm I'm interested I don't know I mean like I know he's coming back I'm just sort of interested to like he doesn't get a lot better how much how long does he keep that job with Arch Manning behind him right yeah. like um, well they they even anyway. and I knew I knew they were gonna do this they show Arch Manning with his helmet on like oh Arch Manning's warming up I'm like Arch Manning <laughs> is not gonna see a second of this game get no. <laughs> They tease it like three times, and I just like I know. You can hear my eyes rolling back in my head as those camera shots were happening. Well, I mean, because there was a point in that game where it looked like Texas was out of the game, yeah, right, and then they came roaring back. Um, but I mean, I think that like I mean, it's a it's an interesting it is an interesting because like Texas played a flawed game, and they played you know, and, and yours in particular played a really flawed game, um, you know. But still, like I said, like Texas doesn't fumble the ball away one one additional time like they, they probably walk away from this game with the win um you know it was a tight game i mean like they, i mean truly like the other game was a tight game too right like michigan 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 i mean speaking of like michigan played with their food against alabama yeah, they did. <laughs> like, yeah. michigan like i mean we talk about a team like i mean we talk about washington having that stretch of like playing i mean truly you could argue playing down to the level of the competition that they were against but um 
Michigan, Michigan was uh, like that score going to overtime. I think a lot of people came away from that thinking like that this is actually should like these are these two teams are really close. Like I came away from that game just thinking like if Michigan's offense doesn't just go to sleep in the third and beginning of the fourth quarter, like Michigan should have walked away with that game. Like Alabama's offense couldn't do anything. Yeah, or or if Michigan could like feel the punt. <laughs> like at any yeah, point. I mean Michigan did some dumb. Michigan did some real dumb on top of it. Right. But like, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, these both ended up looking like close games, Michigan, I, Michigan, I felt like you, you can't, I, I think most people and they should come away from that game with like Michigan was very much the better team on the field. I mean, like Nick Saban was talking about it. Like, I mean, they couldn't do anything offensively. Um, and then it just ended up like Michigan was able to pull it out in the end um like texas and washington are, are just closer teams right and they you know like they they played a closer game i just i don't think you're not going to beat washington when they're playing like they did with quinn ewers playing like he did oh no i mean one, one other thing to mention if at least on my end was like braylon trice urinated on every tree in that backfield like he marked his yeah. territory wherever yeah possible. yeah he did get back yeah like it was he had such a good game and it was great i mean like he's been somebody that's always been on the radar and i know ztf has gotten more attention because of that one COVID year but like trice really yeah. showed why he was why, why he's the guy and it was really exciting to see him just get in that backfield i know the offensive line for texas is pretty good and just to be able to put pressure um w- was important and and frankly, I thought that I mean, he helped kill some drives. I mean, like he helped kill. I mean, like, um, and it was, I, I mean, it, it, I mean, like what's, I mean, what makes this matchup, I think in particular, so interesting is that te- Texas did run the ball so well. Right. Yeah. And like that, <laughs> you know, you're not Michigan. You ain't, you ain't worried about the passing game, <laughs> you know, no. like, <laughs> Uh, I guess like one one more thing and I'm not, I don't, I really, I, I don't care about NFL draft stock. Doesn't matter to me. I, it was for, for me, it's more when people talk about the good quarterbacks in the, and I know, look, I know Penix had, was injured for like half the season. So that that's why he kind of fell out of the, the conversation. It was interesting. People going like, Oh, this Penix fellow is pretty good. It's like, yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's, he's excellent. Right. Um, I mean, I guess we could talk about this when we talk about Michigan, but I mean, like Michigan's quarterback, Alabama's quarterback, Texas's quarterback. And then you take a look at what happened in the Pac-12, just as a conference, since this is still a Pac-12 show, just having that many quarterbacks um, be able to just ball out. And, and it was interesting because yeah. I was looking at the quarterbacks for the SEC next year, and they suck. Like, I mean, yeah. there could be some freshmen that, that step up. It's Beck. Up. I mean, now, now Beck at Georgia is good. Yeah, yes, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> like, and I and I, li- and I like Georgia to continue to have a pretty good offense, even with Mike Bobo calling plays. Yeah, and and t- and to be fair, I thought the Tennessee quarterback looked pretty good against Iowa. Dude, um, if he balls out, putting, that's the thing. Is like that Tennessee offense suddenly fell off, but like Heupel still got it as a play caller. Like that's that's the, yeah. the Tennessee is Tennessee is a t- team that you will have to continue to keep an eye on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, because it's funny because Old Miss is going all in in the portal to try to get, make it to the playoff, and I really think Tennessee is the team to look out for. Yeah. Like, can Jackson Dart get you to the playoff? I mean, maybe. Right. <laughs> but like, I'm not not super super excited about that. Um, anything else on this game before we we maybe talk a few other things and then go into into the preview? 
No, no. I mean, I like, I mean, just, I mean, it's, it's fun to be able to come in and talk about like an outstanding performance by a Pac-12 team on the big stage. Right. Like, I mean, to really go out there and, and, and set this up, like I'm, I'm, I'm so pumped to see that. And this, like this matchup is a ton of fun. It is truly a contrast of styles, right? Like to, to get to see here. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's talk a few more things, go through a couple Pac-12 games, uh, maybe some transfer stuff and let's do it right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. And uh, there were other games that happened, obviously. Um, uh, Oregon beat the tar out of Liberty. <laughs> Notre Dame beat the tar out of Oregon State. Um, the Liberty one for Oregon was surprising because Chadwell's got a good offense, and like most everybody was still in for that bowl game. Um, it, not that Oregon put up 45. That I was expecting. That Liberty only put up six. That was a really good performance for the Oregon D, even as crazy and dumb as bowl yeah. games are. That was impressive. I think one of the things that's interesting is, right, obviously they're moving to the Big Ten and you're taking a look at some of the competition. I do think, you know, I'm curious what Washington looks like next year. They have a lot of guys that will probably move on. They had a lot of seniors. Yeah. Um, but w one of the things that we had a listener that was talking about, I think we were going into the depth uh, of Washington and the recruiting uh, cycle. They did bring in like a high four or five, five-ish star freshman so I know you have the Mississippi transfer, but they do have somebody behind him that's interesting. So we'll see what that looks yeah. like. But Oregon, I mean, Oregon does look like the team that is ready for prime time when they get to the Big Ten. So that was yeah. Oregon feels like a, rost a, lot yeah, a roster that's been building. Like I mean, I, I will say like the difference between um, DeBoer and Lanning, if you were going to put it like, is like Lanning may still be figuring out some of the being a head coach from like the game management stuff and like the hiring and everything like that, but like. He has definitely gone at roster building head on, you know, like in, in Oregon, yeah. like apps and, and using the Nike bankroll <laughs> to his advantage. Right. <laughs> um, but they probably come into the big, I mean, like they probably come into the big 10 next year with like the best returning quarterback. I mean, the best quarterback, you know, not return. I mean, I guess he's not returning to Oregon, but with the best quarterback coming in. Yeah. I, I try not to take too much from bowl games. This one I did put a little bit of weight into just because both teams brought back most of their guys. And I was curious to see if Oregon would lay an egg against a team that did have a dangerous yeah. offense and could, could, you know, put up some points if they really wanted to. They absolutely did not. They had the touchdown at the beginning of the game and then that yeah. was it. And I mean, like, <laughs> that was pretty impressive. Notre Dame 40, Oregon State 8. I'm more get look. Nobody played in this game for Oregon for neither team. Basically, um, I, I and this isn't based on the bowl game. I'm just really worried about Oregon State next year. A lot of players are leaving. They have an, an exodus. Of, they're going to the Mountain West. Like this is one of those teams that could collapse very quickly and and just be a, a Mountain West team for the rest of existence. I, they're I they're down what, to one returning think? starter right now. I mean, on defense. I mean, that's rough. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I I feel horrible for B fans in this and and Kook fans like, but Kook the Kooks have not yeah. been. I mean, keeping your coach helps. 
um, Jonathan Smith leaving timed with this was horrendous timing for the Beavs. Yeah. And you got a defensive coordinator as your head coach. Like, uh, sometimes that, sometimes that works. Sometimes it's great. Like obviously Oregon, but sometimes you you get really stuck on that bully ball and try to time possess time of possession. I mean, Lanning had one of the best hires of the off season. Will Stein. I mean, Will Stein absolutely went out with that Oregon offense, but, um, Gold Branson's never called plays. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Arizona 38, Oklahoma 24. This game was super fun. fun. I mean, it was super fun. (laughs) (laughs) You talk about not reading into a bowl game. Um, Was it five or six turnovers? It was six turnovers. They were plus five on turnovers. They came out hot. I mean, 10-0 and really stuck it to Oklahoma. And then you could see the limits of Arizona Ooh. as, as a national power, like, and as a playoff contender Dude, Oklahoma is not the best team in the big 12. And, but they, they just shoved around and, and look, I realized Jordan Morgan wasn't in, in, in the offensive line, but they just, they didn't have the physicality and, but there's a big win for yeah. Arizona. Like for, for that program, it's great. Right. Get the bowl win, 10 wins. You beat Oklahoma. Just, I'm just trying to pump the brakes for Arizona fans. Like, you play that game 10 times. I think Oklahoma wins probably twice or eight times, eight times out of, out of 10. That, yeah, that would at be least. My guess. I mean, like that was, that was, I mean, <laughs> I had people on Twitter being like, Arizona won. It's the final score. Clearly they outplayed them. And I'm like, you guys don't know ball, right? Like, I mean, like the, you know, like, and I mean, to be frank, like, I think Arizona, like if we go back, like Arizona was better than Mississippi state, Arizona just turned the ball over five times in the first half. When you do that, it's really hard to win the football game. Um, for Oklahoma, I mean, like Arizona couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass protect, uh, and they couldn't stop the run. <laughs> and, and somehow they won, <laughs> you know, like the magic of how they won is being plus five on turnovers and those kind of games. I mean, like I, and, and I, and I, this is one of those things that I just think like you either, uh, understand this and you understand how football works or you don't understand this and you'll spend your life talking about football, but not understanding football. Um, and that is, is the, like the turnovers. There is a component where, that is related to team skill and there is a random component and getting plus five on turnovers in a game doesn't happen very often. Right. Yeah. Like, it, I, I would like, and, and I, I completely agree with you. I, in defense of some of those folks, like some of those intercept, like the, the first interception was a great play. Like yeah, yeah. read that. Uh, so, some of these are great. Play, like they're great plays. They're great football plays, but still, all right. Like, I mean, like turnovers often are great football plays, right? Like they're not just like, I mean, they're not, they're not, they don't always look like just dumb happenstance, right? Like, um, and that like, it's that level of like the fact that the, they were in the position, like, you know, some of those, some of those throws were bad. Some of them were fumbles, you know, like, um, you know, yes. Like, I mean, Arizona fans should be ecstatic at the way this team turned it around and getting a win over Oklahoma and what our bowl games are just a fluky mess anyway, just take it, you know, and run with it. Um, but like I had, I had somebody try to tell me I was at the, I was at the Arizona bowl for Wyoming Toledo. And like, I had somebody try to tell me like that defense carried that team all year. I'm like, do you, what are you talking about? Like that was an offensive first team. Like the defense improved a lot, but like it was the offense that was really good. And then then he's like, well, that quarterback's not any good. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he's like, well, he's not going to play in the NFL. I'm like, who cares? He's, this is college, right? He's still got, he's still got some time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, 
the big win for the cats. Take the 10 wins. Take a it. lot of players coming back. Um, and, yeah. and it's just a great season all around. Like, and what a turnaround, right. From just being one of the worst teams in the PAC 12, multiple, mul- in multiple eras, not just yeah. this era, but multiple times to winning 10 games and, and having a good base to, to build. From. Yeah. I mean, and they go into the big 12 along with Utah and K state, you know, as like one of the, favorites into next season because they've got arguably one of the best returning starters in college football at quarterback and no Fafita like wild. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the game that really did surprise me was USC. I mean, yes. <laughs> so what do you take from, what do you take from bowl games? I, <laughs> I, don't know. I, so I just want to say this. I've seen Miller Moss play multiple times. I don't know if that's what you, if, if USC fans are like, yes, we found our man. I I'm worried about that because I just don't think he's that. I think he had a good game against a decent defense in a bowl game. And if you're going to pin your hopes on the Miller Moss show, I just would, I, I would encourage caution on that front. I don't, I don't know if he's the answer, but he looked great in this game. He was awesome. He was slinging darts. He was avoiding coverage, but I just, I don't know if that's really who you're going to get for a full year. If you're, if you're USC yeah. moving into the big 10 and Louisville struggled more defending the pass than they have the run this season. I mean, they do have a pretty good defense at number 13 overall, um, but they were at number six in effective rush versus 20 in effective pass. Um, it was also, I mean like USC, a bunch of wide receivers that hadn't played all. Season. I mean, it's just I, like, I don't take a lot from bowl games. Um, I put zero stock in whatever happened to Florida state. <laughs> well yeah a lot happened to him right yeah i mean like (laughs) but that that clearly wasn't the team that played all year um you know and and i like i just i i would what i think was interesting though is like usc has suddenly like fallen like after that miller moss performance like they've suddenly fallen out of the conversation on like getting a transfer qb um yeah. And that that I, worried me. That was probably like the biggest thing because like they were, you know, like there was the Will Howard chatter and now he's going to Ohio State, which I mean, I'm at the gym this morning. And like Ohio State fans are like talking themselves into Will Howard. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> don't ask him <laughs> to throw it 15 yards down the field. Um, but like the fact that they're they're out of the Will Howard conversation, they I haven't heard anything about them with like Cam Ward, who's like the one big quarterback still running around out there. Maybe um, that's that's well, he's he's gone pro. He, he's out. He's out. Right? Isn't he going to the NFL? Oh, he might be. And that was yeah. that's what I yeah. So in that, I mean, unless somebody offers him a ton, I don't know. But like that's like I just kind of feel like it's uh it, for USC. Like it it truly might be Miller Moss time um at quarterback next season and and look like you could you can take the sunny view and look at the bowl game and you could or you could take the less sunny view and look at the play up to that point um but i mean i think i mean we'll see i mean i i feel i mean usc having a competent defensive coordinator i think is probably the biggest thing for them i think miller moss like he probably doesn't have like a top five offensive ceiling in college football for them. But I think with Lincoln Riley there and Cliff Kingsbury coaching him, he can probably get them into like a top 15 offense. If the defense is better, they can probably be a top 25 football team next season, <laughs> like, which yeah. maybe if you're a USC fan makes you happy. But I, I feel like Lincoln Riley could end up with like some heat next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if they do, I mean, they were seven and five this year yeah. right? or they, they do eight. They get the, they won eight. They, they won the Louisville game, but eight and five, 
I mean, two, two years. I don't know. We'll we'll take a look um, at them moving into the Big Ten. Uh, anything else before we we break down the national title game? No, no. I mean, it was a it was a fun, fluky bowl season. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna get worse for every for everyone <laughs> except Oregon State. It was not fun for the beefs. No, wait, so uh, one one more thing. Um, and I Utah, not split. great for Utah either. No, oh, Lord Almighty, that was awful. Um, I listened to the split zone duo on on the Rose Bowl, and I I found um, just the, the the like I forget which I think it was Stephen Godfrey just went on this rant on the on the Rose Bowl, and I just thought it was so over the top and so ridiculous. But I'm curious what you thought about. Like he basically you know blamed the Rose Bowl for for like hold, holding back a lot of stuff, which they have. But as I watched that game. And like, I think the Rose Bowl sucks, like the actual, the actual stadium itself. Like it's, it's not a good stadium to watch a football. It's a good stadium to experience a football game, but to watch it, it's this really wide bowl that all the seats are bad. Um, you have to park on the, the golf course. If you can get seating at the, if you can get parking on the golf course, right? Like right. you, you yeah. may be in a lot and being shuttled all the way over. <laughs> that's right. Done that too. Um, with all that said, like watching the game again, in a in an era where there is so many sterile football stadiums and everything is played in, uh, that that's just completely astroturf and inorganic and oh, we're in Jerry World right. oh great look at this big screen or when he like the national championship is in Houston like wh- who cares like you know like it I just I think there are a few things in college football that make college football what it is and I do think the Rose like look I I grew up in Orange County I I I was never a huge like proponent of oh the Rose Bowl is the greatest thing ever, but it, it did have good. It always had good matchups. Yeah, it, like the the Pac-12, Big Ten, it has this place in college football, and I do think it, it deserves to push back on on some stuff, right? Because like things are becoming much more corporate and sterile, and it's one of the few like relics left in the sport that has some character to it. I, yeah, I, don't know, I just I'm curious. You think no, I thought that was ridiculous. I mean, look, like the Rose Bowl, you know, held up the playoff and all of that. Absolutely. Um, holding out for tradition. But I do think that there's a case for like, I mean, you know, I mean, look, I think the Rose Bowl is a terrible stadium for the UCLA Bruins. Right. Like I think it, I think oh, yeah. it, I mean, it is so <laughs> far from their camp. Like it is a bad home stadium for them. Um, but I mean, like if you look at like you know, like the orange bowl, like moving, you know, to the dolphin stadium, like no one cares about, I mean, it, yeah. like, I mean the old day, I mean, yes, of course, like the old days when the orange bowl would get like the, you know, a likely undefeated big 12 champion, you know? Um, and then I usually think they had like an, like they could make another selection that could, they could get anybody they could get with. Um, those were great games, right? Like those were, those were really good games that they could get at the orange bowl. Um, but the orange bowl itself felt cool, right? Like, and, um, itself had like a storied history. Like, I do think that like one of the things to your point is, is that, um, look, you know, uh, and the ESPN commercials are kind of dumb, but they're kind of true. And that like, this is a narrative and I'm always like, I feel like we're always like either pushing back or trying to correct people with narratives and things like that. But it is like, it's a story like, you know, like part and part of story is setting, <laughs> right? Like any, and yeah. a, like a major yeah. part of story is setting. And so having games that are played in places like that, like, yes, you get to, um, 
you get to do a bunch of like dumb like b tape you know on the roll in of like great rose bowl games you know like that helps set the stage like you don't what are you gonna do for like the whatever the what i don't even know what the stadium and for reliance whatever the hell it is in houston right like what are you gonna do like uh there's been a few good texans games here (laughs) you know like yeah um and you can you can go back and do the b-roll of like other national title games and like big moments and stuff like that but like the the set like the the fact that you can't rely at all on the setting i think is important and i do think for college football in particular like part of what I think people like about college football versus pro football, you know, like, and I think what can attract people more to college football than pro football is like the ties that you have towards like, whether it's your alma mater um, or whether it's like, this is, I mean, like when I was a kid, we drove down to Laramie and went to games, you know, like with my dad and my grandpa, like I'll always have those memories at war Memorial stadium. Sometimes at like, you know, like eight above zero (laughs) in in November (laughs) and those like, those memories and those ties, you know, like in the tradition, because like college football teams are not building new football stadiums all the time. Like for like, I mean, they can't afford to. They're not pro teams. Um, so they are just often renovating their existing stuff. So like the tradition stays there. But to lose, I mean, like I think to continue, like one of the more exciting things about, um, you know, the, uh, the, the play, the new playoff is like the first round games potentially being on campus. You know, that's great. Like the, like having the games on campus is a, I think is a big win for like college football. Um, because I do like, but I do think when you get to the point where you're talking about, and I don't know, like, I mean, I've never been to a Super Bowl, but like we bought at, like at my job, we bought at Super Bowl ads for people and you get a bunch of tickets. Like you buy a Super Bowl ad, you get tickets, right? But like the Super Bowl, which is like super yeah. sterile and like it's full of people that don't really care who wins because they're just there to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I think that kind of stuff, like you can start to get there with college football. And I think one of the things that could pull it back is like putting the game in the Rose bowl, um, and, and bring more attrition. Cause like, I mean, like take, for example, like, I don't honestly, I have no idea what the NCAA is doing sometimes. Um, but like the FCS championship game is in Frisco, Texas. Um, oh, no. and it's there every That's year awful. for very dumb. I don't know why it shouldn't be. It's it, in no way should it be in Frisco, Texas. Um, the FCS championship game should be somewhere great, like somewhere fun or like on campus, like the other games are or something like that. And I understand the, the desire to have, you know, at a neutral site or something, but like Frisco, Texas is just such a strange place to plop it down and there's like almost no personality or anything even though it's been there for a little while and it had like i mean i guess if they left it there for long enough it would become like omaha for the college world series right like um where it would be like super cool that it's always there that kind of thing um but you know and they're playing it on a sunday against some nfl games they're just like guys like manage your product a little better right like let's get the most out like have it be the lead up to the you know national title game or something like that so i just i'm I'm very confused as to why people react so viscerally. I mean, I I get it. Like what I don't get though is like Godfrey's coming out of like, you know, like the sec, which is so self, I mean like complaining, like complaining about self-importance and naval, a bunch of (laughs) naval gazing about the Rose bowl when like that is literally all the sec does all the time um, is a bit 
rich right like i mean i like but like the fact that like the rose bowl like pissed off a bunch of like people in the sec because it like the sec and the acc and maybe the big 12 i guess because it like wanted to stick to the tradition of the pac 12 and the big 10 like and it sticks in the craw of a bunch of people that uh frankly i don't even think watched all that much football aside from the sec sometimes right like yeah yeah um because that that rivalry matters like i grew up in southern california for 18 years i cared Every, and you, until the bowl started to to fall off in importance, I cared. That's the only game I cared oh, about yeah. outside of like the national title game. It was always who is the who is the West Coast playing against, and that's the whole point of college right. football. It's these regional rivalries and like the history of them. Like I cared. Like I might not have watched. I mean. I watch the game every year, but like I might not have watched Illinois football all year, but when they made it the Rose Bowl, I'm like, oh, snap, Illinois is right. in the Rose Bowl. Let's see who's playing. Like, it was so interesting. And like, I, I guess one, one last thing, you know, his, and I, and Bud Elliott kind of went off, off on this a little bit too, where they're like, oh, well, they're holding up the Orange Bowl kickoff because of a sunset. Well, yeah, like that, that, it, when I watched the Rose Bowl, like, the the change in the the change in the setting of the Rose Bowl over the course of the game, right. I think, is really interesting. Like that's cool. Right. It's it's beautiful. Like you know, it starts really light. It's it's dark on the on the East Coast. You tune in. Yeah. It's still light. Uh, you know, in California, and then and then it changes over the course of the game. That's the whole. Like that's that's why they have right. it. There. I mean, are we are <laughs> we really in a hurry to get to Hard Rock Stadium? Like, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that completely absurd, sterile, like, I mean, does anybody even go see the dolphins there? Like, like what, oh do, what, do, what, like, I just kind of feel like it's like, I just kind of feel like, like, I feel continually saying like, what are we doing? Right. Like, um, cause that kind of stuff, like, again, from like a pure narrative perspective, like it did like using the Rose bowl like that would be like, I mean, it's like free money. Like if you're like a TV producer, it's free money. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like don't turn down free money, you know, like, like go propose that to the Rose bowl because it will be like playing the college world series in Omaha. Like you can just show like, the, I mean, it's like eat like the setting matters. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's let's break down this game, uh, Arizona. Oh my gosh, uh, Michigan, Washington, and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. We got one more game to preview: the national title game, number one Michigan, number two Washington. Michigan came uh, opened as a four and a half point favorite. They are now a five point favorite. The money shifted a little bit. This matchup is great. Like we talked a little bit about this before, Rob. Total contrast in styles. Uh, you, you, even in the in the coaching, right? You have Caleb DeBoer that's like really quiet, and Jim Harbaugh that wants to yell at anybody that like dares like look at him differently. Um, you have you have Michigan. <laughs> I mean, what did you say? Him. Like Jesus yeah. would have been a five star. That was my that was my <laughs> personal favorite Harbaughism of the. You're just like, dude, like it's like he's drinking unpasteurized milk again or something. <laughs> My, my personal favorite this this uh, week was uh, comparing himself to Moses. Yeah, that was the yeah one like Moses, like, oh, he may okay. not make it to the promise. They're just like. <sighs> Total contrast in styles. Michigan's going to want to run the ball. They have a great defense. Washington's going to want to throw the ball. They have an okay defense um, that, that's facing a team that, uh, I mean, you have a great quarterback in Washington. You have an okay, like, I don't think J.J. McCarthy's really good, period. No. I just, I don't think. So you have you have that matchup, which is like you know both teams want to do different things. Um, 
what do the numbers say here? I mean, this is just such a cool. And where's Washington now? Like, yeah. you know, I know you're getting all this, like, you know, of course, you know, your team wins and all you want to do is like, is, is shove it in everybody's face. So I'm sure Washington fans are like, Oh wait, where are we now? What yeah. I mean, they're at number eight overall in beta rank. I mean, Michigan's only up at number three, right? I mean, you know, like, uh, and it's, I, I mean, look, I mean, if you recall the, um, Vegas, like somebody put out some like, like they, somebody got a Vegas bookmaker to put out some like um, uh, possible lines if like Oregon had beaten Washington and Oregon would have been favored over Michigan, right? Like Georgia would have been favored over Michigan had they won, right? Like those are probably like they, those teams did not play well when it counted. Um, but those are probably yep. your overall, like if you were going to randomly draw a team, you know, like who's going to beat that team by the most, it's, Georgia and Oregon. Um, so like Washington's definitely closed the gap um, with that performance against performance against Texas. Um, and, and Michigan moved up one from four to number three overall with that performance against Alabama. Um, but this is a really interesting matchup. I mean, you've got a, an offense for um, Michigan that comes in at number 10 overall in beta rank. Um, they're number three overall in drive efficiency. That's not all that surprising when you think about an offense that tends to run the ball a lot and is and, and relies on the run in order to put up points. They're not a terribly explosive offense. Uh, and when you talk about McCarthy, right, like he's not likely to get you for a lot of big plays. Um, and they don't have they don't have a lot of really big play, you know, like players at the at the um at the skill positions. Um, they're at 29 overall in play efficiency, which is their yards per play outside of explosives, which isn't great, which again tells you like they have to be able to sustain drives, right? Like they're not putting up a, a big yards per play number. Um, they're at 10 overall in negative drives. They don't have a lot of three and outs or turnovers. They're at number nine in effective rush versus 14 in effective pass. Um, now the contrast here is they get a Washington defense that has been creeping up. They're at 22 overall in beta rank. Um, they're only at 18 in drive efficiency. You can put together drives to put up points against them. Um, they're at 41 in explosive drives. And if Michigan were more explosive, like that would be a re- like that would be a real problem. But it will be interesting to see here um, if Michigan can find a way to put up some big plays against this Washington defense because they, it is something they've been susceptible to. Um, they're at 27 in play efficiency. They're only at 30 overall all in negative drives that's going to be something to keep an eye on they haven't had a lot they haven't forced a lot of three and outs and a lot of turnovers this season no big run pass split they're at 29 in effective rush versus 28 in effective pass now what will be interesting i think is to keep an eye on the field position battle here um, because the more washington can put like i mean washington's average starting field position for their defense is at the 20 like it's just even shy of the 25 which is good kick coverage and you're often you're they're often scoring and then their opponents having to get the ball back right so their defense usually has a lot of field to work with um michigan's average starting field position is almost the 35 um, so it will be interesting to see. That's a pretty big split between where these teams usually find themselves starting out, like who ends up winning the field position battle, because I think more than Washington's offense, I think Michigan's offense is going to need some shorter fields. Like the longer they have to continue to sustain those drives, the more likely it is Washington can find a way to get off the field. Now, beta rank, I will say too, like the naive spread, which has been a little, tends to be a little bit high um, because it does factor in seasons with higher scoring as well as before the rule change about um, speeding up the clock is at 5.22 on the naive spread, which is just a pure power rank spread. Um, 
Now, it's the number five offense for Washington against the number five defense for Michigan. Um, and they are like mirror images of each other. Like, so Washington's at 20 overall in drive efficiency. Michigan's at 24 in drive efficiency. So, like, Michigan, you can put together some long drives on them, but Washington is less less efficient at sustaining drives. They are much more big plays. They're at number four in explosive drives. Michigan's number three at a containing big plays. But to keep it on, like, another thing to keep an eye on here is that, like, offenses are just we're in the we live in the era of offense like being number four in explosive drives like washington is going to be able to put up some big plays in this game but something to keep an eye on is that michigan's dbs do actually play the ball something texas's dbs did not do very well in their game and this michigan defense not this season where ohio state was not this high-flying offense um because of their quarterback um but in years past has been they have built this defense with an idea of slowing down a highly explosive passing offense because they face the Buckeyes, um, you know, and like the year before under Stroud, they were they were more effective. They may have also known what was coming. <laughs> now, play efficiency wise, Michigan's a star here. Um, they're at number two in play efficiency, limiting yards per play outside of explosives. Um, one to watch here is uh, Washington is number five in negative drives. They do a really good job of avoiding three and outs, avoiding turnovers. Michigan's at number seven on negative drives. Um, they did a really good job making the offensive line for Alabama look really incompetent in that game. Like Washington, especially early. Yeah, Holy yeah. Smokes. They got they got in over and over like yeah. five sacks in the first half now Alabama figured it out but yeah this those plays still counted <laughs> yeah now washington's number 99 in effective rush they don't run the ball a ton that is a choice um versus now michigan's number three in effective rush they're tough to run the football on washington's three in effective pass michigan is six in effective pass um now the starting field position again there is a bit more here like uh washington's average starting field positions at the 31 michigan is also like right about the 25 their defense also usually gets some pretty good field position i just think because of um the uh because of the way washington can score it's the field position battle is less important for their offense something another thing to keep an eye on here michigan before that game against alabama was number one overall in special teams they fell all the way down to five after a pretty disastrous special teams game um now washington's at number 12 i don't expect michigan to have that kind of very very bad special teams day they had against alabama um if they do that would be really bad i mean it's like i think that like that i mean that's the stats portion of it but i mean like this this game is going to come down to like can michigan slow down washington i i I think michigan is going to be able to largely not have to like if washington tries to run the ball i don't think michigan's gonna have to load up the box to slow them down um it's going to come down to Washington's ability to throw the football against this really good Michigan secondary um, and, and, and a good pass rush. Can they keep, I mean, and Pen, I mean, the line gets a lot of credit. Pennock should get a ton of credit too, for avoiding sacks. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a magician. Yeah. Like it's, it's so fun. Yeah. But then, I mean, you flip it around. I mean, can this Washington team stop? I mean, this is, this is the probably the best rushing attack they're going to face right like and there's nobody really like it that like like people keep coming to like comparisons for this year they're like oh michigan will just do what they did against penn state penn state's nothing like washington right like nothing at all they're 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 a completely non-explosive offense they have a really good defense as opposed to washington just having a pretty good defense right like this is they're they're completely different teams and like washington hasn't faced anyone that can run the ball <laughs> like this right like well oregon i mean like what, oregon can the run the ball pretty oregon well ranking? but this this oregon team was actually built around throwing the ball this season oddly enough 
Now, Oregon does have a good line. Um, they were at 22 in effective rush. They were no, Oregon was at number one in effective pass this season. Like, Nick slung it. Like, they had a really good year throwing that football around. Um, what about um, what about Oregon State? Now, Oregon State, yes. Like, now they do have a good... Now, they do have a good um, offensive line. Um, but I would... I mean, they're at number... They were at number 19 in effective rush. 17 in effective... I mean, effective pass this year. Um I'm just, I'm interested, like, I mean, this Michigan squad, they're, it's a better offense, you know, than that Oregon State offense. And they are, they, they, they play a lot of heavy, right? Like two tight end sets. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm interested, like, I mean, look, I mean, this game will be over if Washington is able to slow down Michigan's rushing attack. But here's the thing, like the predicted score, which relies more on the matchup specifics rather than just a pure power rank has it Washington 29.77 to Michigan 23.78. Um, huh. And that is because Washington is so explosive, right? And, okay. and that they should yeah. be able to put up points against this and that Michigan um, is going to have to sustain drives right and that's hard to do so like right now i mean despite the despite the fact that michigan like if you do a if you do a random team the model thinks hey like michigan's going to beat that team by more than washington will if you draw a random team based on the specifics of the matchup it likes washington to win this game that's why i think like the line moving up is a little surprising i do think it's probably right like michigan might have more ways to win this game washington does tends to do one thing really 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 well um, than Washington does, but like uh, the model just thinks in this case, like Washington or Washington just does that thing really well and they're going to do it well again. Yeah. I, I do think like a couple things worry me about Washington. The first is the games in which they play teams that had good rushing attacks. They gave up 31 to Oregon. They gave up 33 to Oregon. Um, they gave up 24 to Arizona, which, ha- which had a good rushing rushing attack, not as good as yeah. what they're going to face. Um, and they they gave up twenty to Oregon State in the rain. Uh, that, that game was kind of wonky. And then twenty eight to Utah. This Michigan team is better than all of those teams running the football. Yeah. I mean, now Washington fans so will be like, to, "Oh, but that second half against Utah." And I'm like, "Yeah, but the first half still counts." Yeah, counts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to an awful Utah true. offense. They did. Yeah, they did shut it down in the second half. But you're, you, but you, but to your point, yeah, that that first half mattered. That worries me. I also think what we saw against Texas was the best that you're going to see out of Penix. Like that was almost a perfect game. I, it was. I watched it every was Washington game. Yeah, that he, was as good as he'll ever look. Yeah, he'll. I mean, if when Washington's wide receivers are open, he just slings the ball like a champ. Like you know, when they have one or two steps. The difference here was Texas's uh, corners were kind of all over Washington yeah, wide yeah. receivers. And he still put it where he needed to. That is a big ask against an even better secondary in this. Yep. So I don't know if you get the explosion that you see and that you saw in the Texas game that you've seen when everybody's healthy against poorer secondaries. Well, and the best part of the Texas defensive line, and there was a lot of talk about the Texas defensive line coming in is the interior of that line, right? Like their ability to like soak up double and like it was less about the ends. Um, and I think the, with Michigan, it is about the ends, right? Like, look, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm interested in, like, I, I mean, I, I think Michigan's going to get more pressure on Penix. Like, I think that that's probably likely to happen. I think their corners are going to like, Washington's going to have to earn it um, in this one in a way like that. 
I don't want to say they didn't earn it against Texas, but like in a way against Texas where like they were just so on offensively. Yeah. Um, I just think Michigan is going to disrupt some of that more than Texas did. Like, um, but that said, like, I mean, I like this Michigan offense can just go wandering off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like that, like we talked about like a little bit of, um, I mean, in some of this, some of this is true too. Like since they've had to stop stealing everyone's signs, <laughs> they have fallen off a little bit. Um, and they're just a less explosive, less interesting offense than they, they were. I mean, being at number 10 overall in beta rank is that's not a great offense. Right. Um, you know, and the gap between them and Washington has shrunk. Um, you know, that Washington defense has been playing better over the season. That offense has been getting worse over the season. I just, I mean, I guess my concern is, is like, we saw a really, really good game plan. Uh, I mean, I want to say clear, like, I mean, clearly like giving Nick Saban and company time to game plan, um, in particularly defensively, like that's, you're going to, you're going to, you might struggle, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like <laughs> that might be a hard game and it was, but like Michigan just disappeared. Um, for just such a long period of that game. That's what kind of like, I mean, I, I, I think DeBoer and company um, can put together a really good game plan um, there. And I think that the mat, the, the real matchup to maybe keep an eye on is against Michigan. They have Michigan's got a really good defensive coordinator. I think that um, that's the matchup to really keep an eye on. I think Washington's defense isn't great. I'm just not sold on like, that part where they just disappeared to me was just like, was just shocking. Like where Michigan, I was like Michigan, I, I expected them to come out of the second half and like put up some points, like, and maybe put the game away a little bit and Oh buddy, did they not? They just, they went totally silent. Yeah. I think the last thing on that front too, is the, I don't think there's a coaching advantage. Uh, I mean, DeBoer is excellent. Yeah, yeah. Great play caller. But what, what Harbaugh's done throughout the season, just switch, right? What I think was at Penn State where they're like, you know what? Screw it. Just run the ball 7,000 times. Yeah. And like just the ability to look at what's going on and then change things quickly. Um, the game plan that they had to get to uh, Jaden Milrow in the Alabama game from the defensive front was, was really, I mean, like basically Saban said, yeah, we hadn't seen any of those looks all year. Yeah. And there's yeah. just the willingness to, to throw new things and try new things. Um, I'm so excited. I, this is going to be such a fun game to watch. If I, I and I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think I think Washington's going to be able to do enough to put points to be competitive. Right. It's just can they stop the run? I don't know if they can. I just I think that's the same yeah. grace for Michigan. It's just they have that gear where they where they can literally hit pause and say, you know what, JJ McCarthy sucks. We're going to run the ball 17 times. Stop us. Yeah. And I don't know if Washington will be able to do that. Well, you flip and McCarthy's it. good enough. To, to throw the slant route or throw, you know, throw a quick post route to, to at least like keep the defense honest from Washington. Uh, I, that that's going to be a problem, I think. Well, and I think if you flip it to, you know, like Michigan is likely going to be able to get themselves out of some like field position holes, right? Like just by being able to run the football, maybe they're not able to get down and score, but they can sustain enough of a drive to flip the field. And they're probably going to be able to do that a lot in this game. Do they leave Washington with bad enough field position that like Washington might have to hit like four or five explosives in order to put in, put up points like that, that on its own is tough, right? Like, um, I, I mean, I think that, I mean, like Michigan probably has like the 
clearest path to victory here. You know, like I think, you know, like, you know, being able to run the ball, you know, <laughs> seems easier, right? Like, um, I mean, I'm just interested as like, I mean, cause like Bama was loading up the box, right. Against Michigan. Right. Like, and, um, and Michigan didn't have, I mean, Michigan did not have answers at first for that. I'm interested to see if they have a better, like, I think, like I said, like, I think they've got a really, really good defensive coordinator. I thought they had a really, I mean, we talked about Alabama's defensive game plan. Michigan had a really good defensive game plan too here. They're going to have another really good game plan for this Washington team. Um, but I will also, I mean, like Washington's gone in against some really good, I mean, like Pete Kwiatkowski is a guy we know, you know, with the yeah. Texas D and he's a really good coordinator who usually has really good game plans and he trusted his corners a bit in coverage, right? Like, and they, you know, got burned. Um, I'm interested in like how, like if you're Michigan, you know, like, you know, like how much, how, how much, you know, quarters coverage can you run? How much, you know, three high safety can you run? Can you get pressure on? I mean, if they can, and also occasionally get pressure on Penix, that's fine. I think the, 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 the one here, like, here's the game plan that I actually think could hurt Washington is Arizona's game plan that they had defensively. And that's the one like Arizona took away big plays. They did, and they made Washington march up and down the field to put up points. Like if Michigan, like, and the thing was, is like Arizona is just not good enough. Like Arizona is just not good enough to pull that game plan off. It was still a really good game plan, right? Like mm-hmm. um, for that Washington team, Arizona was able to largely force panics into checkdowns. Now they hit some big yards on those checkdowns and things like that. But I think Michigan could actually do that and maybe cover down the checkdowns like Texas did not try to take away the big plays at all, which is unusual for Kwiatkowski because his, his whole thing used to be the two high safety yeah, look, you know, <laughs> that was his MO at Washington. Um, so I'm interested, I'm super interested is like, I mean, what does, what does Michigan roll out with? Do they try to take, if, do they try to take away big plays? Now Washington took what Arizona was giving them. I just think against a Michigan defense like that Arizona defense improved a ton this season they're not great, right? Like you could, you know, and, and what if Michigan could take away deep and and get a little pressure on Panic so that, you know, he's having to get the ball out to the check down faster, which you would, if they could do that, then this is, this could be a really long day for Washington, right? Like that, I mean, I am clearly not the defensive coordinator somewhere for a reason, but that's what I'm, one of the things I might try um, as my game plan there. But you flip it as like, what are you, if you're Washington, what are you going to do? Because like, I don't like if Sarkeesian committed more to the run and they didn't have the fumbles, like I, I, I you know, Texas could have put up more points in that game, like relying on yours yeah. who's having a bad night was a bad idea. But do you think like, I mean, I guess my question is like, what do you think happens when Mich- like if, if Washington commits to nine in the box, like to Bama was starting to do, um, do you think Washington has, because like, here's the thing, Alabama has really, really good corners, really good corners, mm-hmm. like guys that are going to go, you know, like day one or early on day two in the NFL draft. Um, Washington doesn't have those guys, not like they have some guys, but they don't have those guys, you know, you know, where you can, you can load the box and take away Michigan. Like, can Washington do that? And I think McCarthy's good enough to hit the yeah. the, the easy stuff, right? 
I think Michigan. I mean, clear. I think Michigan's the better team. I think Michigan yeah. wins, but I think Washington just plays close games, and they have an offense that's going to keep them in, yeah. and they have a chance to win. Like, I mean, it, it was interesting when I was thinking through this, you know, because. Michigan has a bunch of pros and all that stuff, but I just think Washington's offense is so dangerous that I do think that they stay in this game. If they stay in this game behind a touchdown or if they stay in the game, they're up two, and then Michigan kind of grinds things away and takes the lead. I think all those things are possible. I, I, I'm, I'm probably laying the five just because I have to pick. Right. I really do think this is a competitive, excellent football game that Washington yeah. has a chance to win. That's, that's yeah. how I put it. Yeah. Um, I mean, anybody in this game finishes plus one on turnovers. They're probably walking away with a win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, what do yeah. you, what do you think? I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm, t- I'm taking the Huskies, man. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, I will, t- I, like, I think the Huskies, like, I just, I think, I think the likelihood that we end up with like, look, if we end up with some wonky Penix Arizona state performance, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, th- those do exist. <laughs> like it's possible. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like, and I, I'm not a big clutchiness person, but I do feel like Penix, like, I feel like they're like, he's, he seems to hit something in big games. Like he's done it against Oregon twice, did it against Texas. Um, I just, I think he's likely going to have another really good game. Um, and the receivers are going to show up, um, and they're going to have a good game plan there. You know, I think, you know, what's an interesting wild card in this is like JJ McCarthy running, like he's super athletic. They don't run him a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could be a wrinkle if I was Michigan. Cause I, like, I, I honestly, like, I don't think like, I mean, people really like Sharon more. Like he may be, I think he may be a future head coach. Like, I don't know that he's a future. I don't know that he should be Michigan's play caller for the future though. Yeah. Um, and I apologize. I mean, I was, I, I would take the points. I mean, I just, yeah, Washington, yeah. Washington just plays close games that I, I think they have yeah, the yeah. chance of keeping this close. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll keep a lookout for that. That's really interesting. Well, it's going to be an awesome game. It's a great matchup. I'm so glad that both like teams are undefeated. You have a Pac-12, you know, champion in the actual championship for the for the national title. Um, well, um, I will probably do a breakdown, like recap of this, and then we got to go back to the workshop to kind of figure out how we're the transition the to like picking yeah. a name, even. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So stay with us if we. Um, I do think we'll we'll do we'll do one more breakdown of the national title game. I'm sure there'll be some movement in the portal that we can cover. Then after that, give us a little bit of a break while we work through some stuff here, um, and and we'll be back in better than ever in a in a conference that's freaking weird. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> hello Rutgers. <laughs> oh Lord Almighty. Um, all right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in, and we will catch you next week.